confession in this psalm is an agonizing cry to God for his mercy. Since David is facing multiple trials to destroy him. In verses 9 through 14, David opens up with heartfelt transparency regarding the pain of his isolation. But he is not having here what we would call a pity party, since what he is confessing is not to man but to God, and it is a confession of faith and joy in God who, David knows, will answer his prayers. Three things that I want us to consider First, no matter how isolated and lonely we may feel at certain seasons of our life, yet we can always be encouraged by the fact that God knows, God cares, and God will answer our greatest need. You see this in verse 9 where David says, O Lord, all my longing is where? Before you. All my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. He says, My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. But the point is, Lord, you are not unaware. You are not ignoring this. You are not disconnected from this. This is all before you. And because of this reality, this is why we're exhorted in the Scriptures, and specifically 1 Peter 5, 7, to cast all our cares on the Lord. Another translation of the term cares is anxieties. Cast all your anxieties on Him. What this teaches us, beloved, is that nothing comes into our lives, nothing that comes into our lives, I should say, escapes God's watchful eye. And and He is concerned for us in everything that happens. Again, 1 Peter 5, 7, when Peter says, casting all your cares on him, he then, he then says, adding to that, because he, the Lord, cares for you. Moreover, God has the power to redeem our lives in the greatest suffering which no man has the resources to meet. And that is why Psalm 38 is a prayer. David is taking all his troubles, all his cares, all his anxieties, all his fears. He is rolling it all on the Lord. Because there's no way that man, as man, has the resources, has the power. To meet David, where David is in these trials, that is trials in the plural, and to deliver him 
from such trials. Second thing, friends and family will fail us, but the Lord never will. Friends and family will fail us. Bank on it, count on it, they will. But God never will. Look at what David says in verse 11. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin, his family, stand far off. Well, that's rather sad, isn't it? Friends and family will fail us. This is why we cannot trust our family and friends to the degree that we trust God. And let, me, and let me warn you of this. Dear Christian, if you put the same trust in your family and friends that you do in the Lord, you're guilty of idolatry. That is nothing but the sin of idolatry. Because no one in the universe is worthy of our unreserved trust but God. Your family, your friends are not worthy of your unreserved trust. They're not entitled to it. They're not worthy of it. You give that to them, you're guilty of idolatry. Family and friends are fallen, fallible, and will thereby fail us. Now listen to that again. Family and friends are fallen, fallible, and will thereby fail us. Here is a verse of Scripture you need to write down, you need to memorize, you need to meditate on, you need to hide in your heart. Psalm 118 and verse 8. Psalm 118 and verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. But how many of us falter right there? How many of us have been guilty of putting, dare I say, all our trust, all our trust in family and friends? Because naturally we expect, well, you know what, they're, they're never going to fail us. We can always count on them. They will always have our back. That's an illusion. That's just an outright illusion. No, they won't. 
Because you see, they have the same problem that you do. They're fallen. They're sinful. The heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And how hurt have we been in our own personal lives when we have put that much trust in a fallen human being to have them betray us? Well, kind of getting what we deserve because we really were not trusting in the Lord unreservedly with everything. Again, only the Lord our God deserves and is worthy of all, all our trust. All our trust. David knew that. And he had the painful experience of being taught that. The third takeaway is this. Despite what men may do to harm us, their reach is only as far as God permits. Despite what men may do to harm us, their reach is only as far as God permits. So David says, verse 12, Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But what is David's response to this? He says, but I am like a deaf man. I do not hear. Like a mute man who does not open his mouth. David is saying, I'm not even going to react to this. I'm not even going to respond to this. I'm not going to dignify what the wicked are trying to do. He says, I have become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth are no rebukes. Well, what's the basis of him having that kind of response to those seeking his harm? Verse 15. Going to go a little further here. Verse 15 and 16. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I said, and this, this was David's petition to the Lord, for I said, only let them not rejoice over me who boast against me when my foot slips. What is David confessing there? What is he affirming there? The absolute sovereignty of God over his enemies. They cannot raise a finger against me, speak a word against me. They can do nothing against me, O Lord, but only what you permit. Only what you permit. And so David, David is fixed on the Lord. He is fixed on the Lord's control, not of a part of his life, but the whole of his life. And therefore, even with the wicked and what the wicked are seeking and planning to do. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate tre- treachery all day long. You know, I, but I'll tell you this, by God's grace, I want to be more like David in response to my enemies, but I'm like a deaf man. I do not hear. Like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth 
are no rebukes. I am not paying them any attention. I am not giving them any response. And how could he do that? Because all of his trust was resting in God. He was trusting the Lord. He knew they can't do anything to me. Nothing but only what God permits. That's a test of your faith. And I can assure you, when you're in the heat of that kind of fire, that really will test your faith. Do you really trust in the absolute sovereignty of God that no matter what others may be plotting against you, they can't lay a finger on you unless God permits. And of course, as we know, in comparing Scripture with Scripture, if the Lord does permit it, well, according to Romans 8, 28, He permits it for our good. Even this is only going to make me more like Christ. In other words, okay, do your best. Come after me with all you got because it's only going to benefit me in the end. I will get the dividends of all of this in the end because it's only going to make me more like Christ. If this is in fact what the Lord has ordained for me to face and go through. That's faith. That's how faith talks. That's how faith responds. But, as I was preaching last Wednesday night on the subject of God's providence, that kind of faith does not come automatic, right? It's a process. You've got to learn it. <laughs> You've got to grow in it. How we all wish that our faith could just be like a light switch, just flip it on and it's there in all of its robust glory. But it's not how it works. We're tried, we're tested, and through it all, the Lord is growing us. Even when we will stumble and we will fail and we will fall and we will succumb to a measure of unbelief and have to get back up again by the grace of God and get back in the pursuit. But, obviously the bigger picture here from this portion of Psalm 38 is your God is in control of it all. So put your trust in him. All your trust in him. He will never fail you. Man will, but the Lord will not. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, what a good confession it is of our faith in you, Lord. That though, though men will fail us, even family, friends, those closest to us, those who even love us, care for us. But as your word teaches us, 
we cannot put all our trust in men. Our refuge in all times and places, our refuge, Holy Father, is you. You are our great refuge. And we thank you, Lord, for reminding us of this great truth, this great revelation of your word as we see it in and through the trials and tribulations of your servant David coming out of Psalm 38. We take comfort in what we have read this morning from Psalm 38, Lord, that all our suffering is before you. It is always before you. Nothing is hidden from you. Your watchful eye is ever upon us. And you care for your children. Holy Father, we thank you that your care is infinite. It knows no bounds. It is measureless. And it is omnipotent care. Because you supply everything we need by your power to meet us in every trial we face. And thus, Lord, you exhort us with great comfort to our hearts to cast all our cares on you, to roll them all upon your shoulders as it were, knowing that you will carry us all along the way. And so, Father, we pray for the grace to so renew our faith, our hope, our trust in you. And we pray, Lord, too, that you'll give us the grace to repent of where we have been guilty of putting more trust in family and friends and even other people, perhaps, counting more on the fallibility and the fallenness of sinful man than on the eternal, holy, magnificent greatness of our eternal God and Lord. Father, forgive us for every time that we have been so guilty of such idolatry. We thank you and we trust the Holy Spirit who indwells us to empower us to put such idolatry to death in our very hearts. Indeed, Lord, we give ourselves afresh to you wholeheartedly, holding nothing back, no reservations. You are our refuge in everything and therefore at all times. We thank you for your word in Psalm 38, recalling these precious truths to our mind and renewing and reviving 
a greater faith and trust in you. For the sake of Christ and in his name we pray. Amen.